Listener's discretion is advised. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers all around the world. And now, your regularly scheduled podcast episode. Are we on? Yes, we are. Great, here we go, folks. Good evening to all of the parties who are listening here tonight. Now, let us get off to some good news with last week's uh, Sonoma race at uh, the Toyota Semar 350 where history was made. Not only did Daniel Suarez won the race, he became the fifth person that is not born in the U.S., Yes, I'm talking about the fifth person born outside of the U.S. to win at a cup race. So, and also, don't forget, he's the first driver from Mexico to win a cup race, by the way. Which proves that Trackhouse Racing is coming for every single one of the doubters. Yes, and here was his post-race interview with Jamie Little. There it is, Jamie Little. This has already been quite the celebration, and Daniel Suarez, since you won your Xfinity Series championship, it has been a long road here in the Cup Series, different teams, a lot of heartbreak. How do you put into words the race you had today in this moment standing right here? It's crazy, Jamie. I have so many thoughts in my head right now. I mean, it's, it's been a rough, though. It's been a, a rough journey in the Cup Series, and uh, these guys believe in me, Trackhouse Racing, Justin Marks, Ty Norris, everyone that helped me to to get to this point. You know, a lot of people in Mexico, Jim, or Alex Carflim, my family, you know, they never they never give up on me. A lot of people did, but they didn't. So I'm very happy that they were able to, to make it work. I mentioned different teams, Trackhouse, it just seemed like magic from the moment you guys started together. What has been different about this team for you? The energy, they believe in me since day one. You know, they they believe in me and uh, they put all the people, resources, everything to make it happen. So, look at all, we have the Nias Amigos over there! I want to see Daniel! Talk to those amigos over there and all the amigos watching at home on their couch. Tell them in Spanish what you're feeling right now. I'm sorry for what I just said, but gracias, muchas gracias por todo apoyo. Siempre creyeron en mí desde el inicio y es la primera de muchas. This is the first one of many. Daniel Suarez wins his first career race at Sonoma. Now, once again, congratulations to Daniel Suarez of becoming the fifth foreigner to win a cup race remember there are other people that, that won the race after dinosaurs and that includes most re- the recent one before dinosaurs one Pablo Montoya from Colombia and now let's get into some 
January 6 headlines. Now, before the Thursday's hearing, there were some con news about how Donald Trump and his um official election defense fund thing. Well, let's get to the host of The Late Show on CBS for that one. Of course, I'm still digesting yesterday's bombshell that the former president demanded his followers donate to something called the Official Election Defense Fund, which raised a quarter of a billion dollars. And surprise, surprise, the committee discovered the whole thing was a grift. As the select committee has demonstrated, the Trump campaign knew these claims of voter fraud were false, yet they continued to barrage small-dollar donors with emails, encouraging them to donate to something called the Official Election Defense Fund. The select committee discovered no such fund existed. So he duped $250 million from his most passionate supporters, then watched as they all go to prison while he sat in Mar-a-Lago double-fisting coconut shrimp. And these aren't wealthy people. You can always tell because they're wearing nothing but giveaway merch from the losing team. (laughs) So if there was no election defense fund. Come on. So if there was no election defense fund, where did the money go? Well, according to the committee, there was a $1 million donation to the personal foundation of the former president's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, yes, the Meadows Foundation is a charity that raises money to fund research into how much money it can raise. (laughs) They also skimmed off over $200,000 for the former president's hotels, and that was just Giuliani's bar tab. (laughs) Of course, they spread cash around to their friends and fam. For instance, Don Jr.'s fiance, Kimberly Guilfoyle, was paid $60,000 for her two-minute January 6th speech. But it was worth every dime. I'll never forget her immortal words. Of course. Big fans. Big Guilfoyle fans. Of course, the big question looming over all these hearings is somebody's going to jail for this, right? Right? Right, guys? Somebody's going to jail? Well... We got a hint last night from committee chairman and man seeing the other table get their guac even though he ordered first. (laughs) Benny Thompson. Representative Thompson told reporters that the panel will not make any criminal referral of the former president or anyone else to the Justice Department. Counterpoint, why not? There's a reason law and order doesn't start like this. In the criminal justice system, there is one branch who investigates the crimes. And that's it. Everyone goes free. Now, only... Only time will tell if the DOJ prosecutes anybody, but the committee has already accused Rudy Giuliani of first-degree bruise slurping with intent to chug a lug. (laughs) Committee member Jamie Raskin was asked why the committee highlighted Rudy's intoxication. The allegations uh, in the hearing today that Rudy Giuliani was drunk on election night. I wanted to understand from you why you felt it was important to include. Um, I I don't know that it was important to include because I really can't tell the difference between, uh, you know, those two conditions for him. Well, yes. (laughs) 
It can be very hard to tell because sometimes he's drunk and sometimes he's pretending he's not. But the forensic team here at the Late Show Labs has created a computer rendering of what Rudy Giuliani would look like in the event he briefly became sober. <laughs> Looking good. Looking good, Mr. Mayor. Now, one person unhappy about the accusations against Rudy was Rudy, who today tweeted, I refused all alcohol that evening. My favorite drink, Diet Pepsi. I love Diet Pepsi, especially a robust red Diet Pepsi, or in the summer, a Diet Pepsi Rosé. I also enjoy box Diet Pepsi. It doesn't have the same notes as the bottled one, but after a few for have a Well, talk about one of the con jobs in real life. What's that? Oh, shit. Well, I guess we have breaking news to share on this breaking news edition of Meanwhile called... Breaking Meanwhile. This Breaking Meanwhile segment on this pod monologue involves two things. One, it involved Clint Boyer who was involved in a car crash a week before the uh, Toyota Sebar 350 at Sonoma Raceway which is why he wasn't there at Sonoma Raceway. This was after the Enjoy Illinois 300 at Worldwide Tech Raceway. And on June 5, he struck and killed a woman near Osage Beach, Missouri on June 5th. That was on fox4kc.com website. However, Clint Boyer's BAC was .0000. So that means... He's not on drugs or anything or no alcohol on him. Now, this is this is why Boyer was not at Sonoma Raceway on that day. Like, man, that's a man. I, I'm telling you, that's really horrible. And I don't even know what to say, but. Clint Boyer does have something to say, and it goes, Anyone that knows me knows that family is everything to me. My thoughts and prayers are with the family and loved ones of Miss Simmons. This is a very difficult time for my family and I. Please respect our privacy as we move forward. So, I'm asking everyone to leave Clint Boyer alone. Now, the other uh, thing involves the host and the production team of The Late Show on CBS, where they got arrested Friday. Now, the, as for the Republicans who saw this, are, hmm, oh yeah, they call it the insurrection. Now, Mike Sington, on his Twitter account, tweeted, for the Republicans who are hyperventilating right now, the Late Show staffers were in a building near the Capitol building filming interviews and comedy bits for The Late Show on CBS. They were not there ransacking the building, smearing feces on the walls, or looking to hang a vice president, which 
I know Tucker Carlson on his show on Fox News called it the Insurrection 2.0. Yes. And you know, the Republicans are really uh, on a, uh, how do you call it, the uh, tantrum mode, as they call it, the insurrection, and doing some double standard too. Now, Bobert tweeted, it's time for a late show guy committee after we throw him and his producers in in solitary for 17 months. That's how it goes, right? Standard standard operate. Operating procedure? No. Unlike the January 6th rioters who did destroy stuff and try to hang back pens, that's not gonna happen. I mean, you know what the big deal is? That goes to show how the right wing media and the Republicans are gonna do some double standarding like they've never done double standard before. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. The NBA Finals just ended on Thursday where the Golden State Warriors have defeated the Boston Celtics by four games to two. Yes. Now, uh, during game four on, on, uh, I think it was Wednesday? Yeah, game four on Wednesday, uh, It kind of got into Steph Curry's skin when, according to Jimmy Kimmel himself, that J.J. Redick, and according to J.J. Redick, it's actually J.J. Redick, uh, that Steph Curry reads tweets during halftime. And Jimmy Kimmel decided to put it on, on the next level. Hey now, to those of you who are uh, with us in prime time earlier tonight, For Game 5 of the NBA Finals, you know, on Friday night we conducted an experiment. Uh, I don't know if he... It was a dumb experiment. J.J. Redick, who is a former player, he now works for ESPN, says Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors reads tweets during halftime that mention... He looks to see what people are writing about him and uses it as motivation in the second half. So Friday night, we were on before Game 4, and I encourage those watching to tweet something saying they saw Steph swallow a fly during the game. Because I thought it'd be funny if he sat down at halftime. He's like, well, I ate a what? And I guess a lot of other people thought it would be funny, too, because a lot of people did do that. Uh, all these tweets saying things like, you all saw that? Or I'm bugging Stephen Curry ate a whole fly. Steph Curry, did you see that fly come out of the back of his shorts and into his mouth? Thank God for Twitter. I thought I was the only one who saw Steph Curry eat that fly. He didn't react. What are the chances that the fly Steph Curry swallowed after it landed on his mouth guard is the same fly that landed on Mike Pence's head? Yeah, what are the chances? There are a lot of them. And I don't know what kind of an effect it had on Steph, but all I know is the Warriors were down by five at halftime. Then Curry came out, dropped 24 points in the second half. Warriors came back to win by 10. So if Golden State ends up winning the series, I should get a ring, right? I mean, it's... And that was super fly. And then, just then, Steph Curry went off in the second half and helped the Warriors win Game 4 of that uh, NBA Finals. Now, after that Game 4, now remember that after Game 4, the 
Celtics were 7-0 when they lost a postseason game. Well, on Game 5, that wasn't the case because Andrew Wiggins played the hero on Game 5 on Monday where he helped the Warriors win Game 5. Now, Steph Curry made zero threes on his nine attempts. But on Game 6, everything changed where everyone's contributing and the Warriors ended up winning the finals which forced the Celtics to wait for banner number 18 for the following season. Now, after this brief ad, we're going to get to the quarantine wild segment where we get to the Thursday's uh, trophy presentation at TD Garden. So stay tuned. Hey, America, it's your old pal, Joey B. I don't need to tell you that the world's changing fast. A little too darn fast, if you ask me, Jack. Everybody's putting their dough in Bitcoin this, <laughs> cryptocurrency that. Trouble is, there are no laws to keep those investments safe. It's the dang wild west out there, man. If you're the kind of dude who wants to keep your money safe and out of the hands of the government, save your money the way my mom and dad did. In a coffee can full of nickels. A coffee can full of nickels hidden under your mattress is just about the safest investment there is. First of all, it's a coffee can. Those suckers seal up tight. Second, there's no sweeter treasure than a tub of shiny nickels. As long as there are general stores selling Malamars and candy buttons, nickels are going to be worth a whole hell of a lot. And third, it's under your mattress. Come on, man. That's like your own cushy Fort Knox. Nobody's checking under there. Not even Mr. Taxman. Plus, this investment appreciates in value. I swear, sometimes I open my coffee can and it feels like there's a hell of a lot more nickels in there than before. It's like they're having nickel babies in there. So, act now, and you also get a Bill Malarkey rookie card for the spokes of your bicycle. Absolutely free! This message brought to you by people who still use dial-up internet. And we're back after this brief ad, folks. Now let's get to a segment. A segment. It is the segment of all the segments of everywhere. Only when you are SpongeBob living in a pineapple singing the indoor song. It is the quarantine version of Meanwhile called. Quarantine Wild. This Quarantine Wild segment is all about the Golden State Warriors receiving the Larry O'Brien Trophy and, of course, Steph Curry receiving the Bill Russell NBA Finals MVP Award for the first time ever. Now, when let's go back to that Thursday's trophy presentation with ESPN's Lisa Salters and the Deputy Commissioner. Yes, the Deputy Commissioner is there, and not Adam Silver. Remember, he's in the COVID-19 protocols. But here's Lisa Salters uh, leading the way with that trophy presentation. Thank you. Here to present the Larry O'Brien Trophy to the Golden State Warriors, to team owners Joe Lacob and Peter Goober, and head coach Steve Kerr, 
is NBA Deputy Commissioner Mark Tidd. Thank you so much, Lisa. What a phenomenal series and a great way to cap off the 75th NBA anniversary season. To the fans of Boston, the Bay Area, and fans around the world, thank you all for being a part of it. Congratulations to the Boston Celtics, the Eastern Conference champions, on a terrific season. And now the Golden State Warriors, six NBA Finals in eight years, four NBA championships, a remarkable run by any measure that only a handful of teams in the history of NBA have accomplished. To Joe Lacob, to Peter Goober, to Coach Kerr, to Bob Myers, to all you great players, the coaches, and the entire Golden State Warriors organization, congratulations. You are the 2022 NBA champions. You can put it back. Tell me. Joe, when you purchased the team back in 2010, <laughs> when you purchased the team back in 2010, you said you wanted to, to reach the level of success of the Lakers and the Celtics. What, is it, what does it mean to you to be handed that trophy again? I mean, it means the world. I, I just want to give all the credit to these players and these coaches. This is probably the most meaningful one because we came back last two years were very difficult and what they've had to go through the injuries fantastic and I love every one of them for what they've done Peter let me ask you as you watch this team throughout the season what to you made it so special makes it special you never give up never give in go all the way on the parquet floor two Boston guys win it at the garden <laughs> congratulations to you coach Kerr Four championships, Steve, in the last eight seasons with the same core guys. What does that say about this group? Uh, well, number one, it says that the guy who put together this group did an amazing job, and I, I'd like Bob Myers to be recognized. He never gets enough credit. Bob, come on up. He's the guy who put the team together. Bob, it's not easy. It's not easy to repeat success to keep everyone happy, uh, to keep the gang together. Just how have you been able to do that with this team? Well, you know, you didn't ask this, but I want to thank all our wives and kids. It is not easy supporting us all year long, but it's the players. It's Steve, it's the players, it's Joe for supporting us. Um, I'm thankful, Lisa, to just have been with these three guys basically my whole career. So it's a, it's a blessing every day. Congratulations to you. And I have one more for you, Steve. This is now your ninth ring. Ninth ring, five as a player, four now as a coach. Uh, these journeys are always imperfectly perfect. Where do you rank this journey? This might be the most unlikely one of all, um, but I've just been blessed. I, I hang around superstars. If you hang around superstars, good things happen. And that guy Curry, wherever he is, there he is right there. Go talk to him. He's the reason for all this. All right, thank you, Steve. Congratulations. Now let's bring back Deputy Commissioner Mark Tatum. 
to present the 2022 Bill Russell NBA Finals Most Valuable Player Award. Thank you, Lisa. He's a four-time NBA champion, a two-time league MVP, a member of our 75th anniversary team, and for the first time ever, he's an NBA Finals MVP. The 2022 Bill Russell NBA Finals MVP Award goes to Stephen Curry. Talk about this. What does it mean to you to finally get this Finals MVP? It means we won. It means we uh, took advantage of the opportunity getting back here. And I mean, I hear all the conversations. I hear all the chatter. We hear all the chatter. At the end of the day, it's about what we do on the floor. Ain't got to talk about it. Just got to go do it. And uh, that's what this is about. You said it during our post-game interview just three seasons ago. You guys had the worst record in the league. At what point did you believe that you could be back up here on the stage? You always had a doubt, but you know how long the road is to, uh, to get back here because of how hard it is to win on this level. Boston's a great team. Every team we played in the West is a great team. But we found a way to just get it done. And uh, Everybody on the stage had a part in this. From the front office, coaches, players. At the beginning of the year, what were they saying? We weren't even on the radar. And now we're here with two trophies, and it means a lot. Means a lot. Every championship journey is different. How would, you describe, how would you describe this one? Just combining our championship pedigree and our experience with some fresh energy, some guys that are really hungry to take their next step. Uh, but we've built this for 10, 11 years. And that means a whole lot when you get to the stage because you know how to win. And everybody who's been a part of this knows what that's about. So this is uh, this one hits different. This one hits different for sure. Congratulations to you, Steph. Where's Clay? Come on up here, Clay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Love you, boy. Love you, boy. Clay, after everything that you have been through in the last three years, what does it feel like to be a champion again? Oh man, I mean, two years off. It wasn't really off. Watching the finals and the playoffs last couple years would kill me. And just to be back on this stage, I'm so thankful for my teammates. The start they had this year, 18-2, and two, it really laid the foundation for what was to come. And it's crazy. I'm on, a, I'm on cloud 109 right now. At least I don't even know what to say. The, the times that you told us that it was hard to see this, when your foot was in a cast, when your leg was atrophied from surgery, how were you able to push through to focus on what could be getting back here? Well, uh, I had to have my big bro talk me off the ledge a few times. I couldn't drive. I couldn't do nothing. I was immobilized. And I'm such an athletic person. I love to be mobile. And he would just tell me, patience, patience. It's going to all pay off. Shout out to Seth as well. My little bro, Trace. I mean, there were some dog days. There was a lot of tears shed on the bench. Steph talking to me talk me right and even Draymond and just leaning on those guys Andre 
I'm just thankful to be here, man. This is crazy. I can't even believe it. I knew it was a possibility to see it in real time. Holy cannoli. This is crazy. Holy cannoli. What do you think you'll remember most about this journey? About the journey? Probably the dog days in Santa Cruz. It was me and Wise down there. We was playing a lot of pickup. I was getting busted up by our G League team, and I had to take it on the chest. I knew it would pay off. So to be here again is... I'm so proud of every single person in this organization. This is crazy. And shout out to my Bahamian family in Nassau watching, my family in Vancouver, Washington. I love y'all. Can't wait to celebrate you guys, with you guys this summer. Congratulations to you, Clay. Draymond, where are you? special kind of love thing going on just what does it mean to get this title here in this building it means a lot uh this 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 fan base gave me a hard time really hard time and to come here and get a win is awesome i appreciate this fan base they they brought incredible energy gotta give kudos to them but we did what we do welcome back to the warriors invitational baby it's what we do you had a lot of personal ups and downs in this series. What do you think you learned about yourself in this series? Uh, I didn't learn anything about myself. I've been knew I was resilient. Maybe they thought otherwise, but I've been I, I, nobody. Nobody gave me this. I had to work every second of my life to get to this point. So I didn't learn much. But I'm a four-time champion with my brothers. You guys all, you all wanted this so much for Clay. How come? I mean, you watch what he went through the last two years, and it's, you know, it's, it's no surprise we sucked when he was out. And, you know, for him to battle back, come back January 9th, all the talk, he can't move, he's washed, he's this, he's that. My brother's a champion. That guy there, Clay, he don't lose. And we needed him back to do this. He's back, we back. It's a beautiful thing. Congratulations to you, Draymond. Thank you. Thank you. Andrew Wiggins. This is something that you have dreamt about your entire life. How does the reality that you are now a champion, how does that compare? God, glory to God. You know, this is a dream come true. Um, you know, we're here with my teammates and, you know, everyone around me. So I'm just enjoying the moment. I'm loving it. Why were you such a perfect fit for the Golden State Warriors? Uh, I want to win. You know, that's what they do here at Golden State. They win. Uh, so, they, you know, they brought me along and, you know, now we're winning together and I'm just happy to be here. When you first got traded, you told me that you were... <laughs> when you first got traded, you told me that you were just so much looking forward to learning from Draymond and Steph and Clay about what it takes to be a champion. What do you think you learned? It's hard. You know, this is every day. You know, every day is hard work, preparing yourself. What we're doing in November, you know, December, January, that prepares us for this moment in June. Um, so I'm thankful for, for those guys. Congratulations to you, Andrew. You are NBA champion. Thank you. Congratulations once again to all of the Golden State Warriors, the 2022 NBA champions, and finals MVP, Steph Curry. Congratulations to you all. 
And once again, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors for joining the seven-time Champions Club. Yes, the team recently uh, joined the seven-time Champions Club after Lewis Hamilton, who won the Formula One Drivers' Championship, and of course the LA Dodgers for winning their seventh World Series championship. So the seven-time Champions Club is for the team from all other sports that is popular uh, basically around the world and it's for the teams that won seven or more championships by the way and their uh, championship parade will take place on Monday and by Monday I mean it's already Monday it's already June 20th so we've already passed our bedtime for the kids Anyways, when we return, we get to listen to Lizzo. Yes, we're going to get to listen to some Lizzo. And we're going to take a break right now. Yo, we heard the stock market is like bad or something. Well, not over here at TJ Maxx. We're still flying high thanks to our rock-solid business strategies like always making the store look like it was just hit by a small tornado, never opening a second register, only carrying clothing in size 3XL or adult baby, selling those stylish combination shirt and ties wrapped in plastic, and keeping you guessing whether the underwear is pre-worn. So come on down to TJ Maxx, where every day is Black Friday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> back after this brief ad folks now it's time to listen to a song now people who have tiktok or any other social media know the song about damn time by lizzo now this one will be the uh, performance where she hosted and was a musical guest on saturday night live uh, earlier a few months ago and lizzo introduced herself yes so here is Lizzo with her performance of about damn time on Saturday Night Live and here is her introduction ladies and gentlemen me Feeling, how you feel right now? Oh, 
was Lizzo with her SNL performance of About Damn Time. Now we're gonna wrap it up after this brief ad, so don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm NBA All-Star Brooke Lopez, and in the off-season I spent all my time training. Model training. At the train shop. Burbank's one-stop shop for model railroad enthusiasts. All aboard for a huge variety of trains and tracks. So much variety. And don't forget accessories like shrubbery, palm trees, a tattoo parlor, and green stuff that kind of looks like weed, but it's not weed. And an incredible selection of miniature white people. Little lumberjacks, stubby hobos, tiny garbage men, little degenerates mooning, and the cast of friends, I think? <laughs> this is a store owner, Mindy. Hi, Mindy. How's business? It's been a little slow lately. Thanks, Mindy. Oh, no. My choo-choo got a boo-boo. Don't worry, Brooke. I'm John, Mindy's husband, and I specialize in train repair. Wow, John. You really saved my caboose. I'm a train! And it's a great place to meet women. The train shack is not a great place to meet women. What are you waiting for? The Train Shack, located at 1030 North Hollywood Way, across from the old sizzler that's now an orthodontist office. Not to be confused with Shake Shack, Radio Shack, or Shack. Let's say big bucks. 
Folks, that is it for the Sunday edition of Random Stuff. Be sure to tune in next week for some more. And of course, the more January 6 earrings. So, good night. <laughs>